Okay. Well, tonight on Rogue Padron, the return of Robot Man, blaster shots and bodies drop, acting lessons from the face. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. is up lovely listeners welcome to mission a uh, season six mission two of rogue padron tonight we'll be going <laughs> all right tonight we'll be going over <laughs> I'm just, I'm just last pumped, week okay? was the first so now it's the second <laughs> we'll be going over chapters four through six of x-wing iron fist but before we jump into that a quick reminder of your hosts if danny rogue six was a section of bed bath and beyond he would be the candle part because at first it's amazing, but eventually it gives you a headache. <laughs> oh. oh no! Yeah, that's extremely rude, but also a very accurate assessment of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people only listen to our podcast in ten-minute segments. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Rogue Padron, ibuprofen recommended. <laughs> Saf, Rogue Seven, would be the kitchen section because she's on as many podcasts are there useless gadgets for slicing bananas. <laughs> I am those useless gadgets. <laughs> Heath, Rogue Three, would be the part with all the sheets because you just end up spend 30 minutes fawning over the 1,000 thread count bamboo sheets but still end up with the cheapest choice. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, sounds like me. I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be the as seen on TV section because at first people are excited by the novelty, but then quickly unfollow me on Twitter feeling cheated. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that was good self burn. An extremely rude, but also probably very fair assessment. Correct. <laughs> and that'll do it for tonight, everyone. Oi. This is Pash signing out. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Pash signing out, I have a question about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's been kind of a slow news week, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're just going to have to dig real deep here and say, hey, is that one dude in the one picture of Bothan? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh. I'm so glad it's not a Bothan. Thank goodness. Is it has it been confirmed not being one? Yeah. Pablo says it's not. Pablo okay. changed his Twitter display name to "That's not a Bothan for the day." Oh my god! Seriously? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, but Maui that's the kind of lame Pop- move that a Bothan spy would attempt. So I don't know if I'm convinced. Did you just call Pablo a Bothan spy? How dare you? I mean, maybe he's been hacked. Oh, maybe. I don't trust yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Bothans could probably get into Twitter. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so Maybe. if you don't know what we're talking about there are a bunch of last jedi photos from vanity fair released and one of them portrays a fancy party full of totally in unfamiliar alien species except for one very bottom looking figure in the back 
he definitely looks like the artistic rendering of the Bothan. Yeah, right? Like like 100% looks like it. So some of our listeners were suggesting that perhaps rather than a Bothan, this is a a thwackwash, a thackwash, a a thwackwash. Like what what runt is? Yeah, runt. An equish. A runt. Equish. Oh, equish? Is the yeah. T-H side? Yeah, Googling yeah. Swackwash should not come up with anything. No, it's it's an equish. It came up with B-boobs. E-K-W-A, like E-S-H. Oh, I definitely thought there was a thwack in there somewhere. No, you just want there to be a thwack. <laughs> that's a weird... Keep going, Danny. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, so no thoughts on whether it's a runt? I mean, it could be. I don't... I it didn't... Be. Oh, well, the runt type people look like. I thought they were fluffy for some reason. Like I imagine him with two heads, but that's just because he has multiple personalities. Mm. He does not. Nope. Here, I'll send you all the Wikipedia article about them. Oh, the spoiler. Yeah. No spoilers, Heath. Oh, how is that different from a Bothan? Yeah, and he does like a bearded Bothan. They're oh, bigger. Yeah, and that is different than the Equish thing. So we're we're talking about two different things here. Oh, Danny, no. when you said Thackwash, you were correct thinking about that one thing. Oh, but, but Runt isn't a Thackwash. Runt, he, right, he's an Equish. Runt is a horse Oh my god, it's like a horse! Yeah, oh equ- no, an, this an, is the worst. An Equish <laughs> is straight up just a horse. <laughs> just straight up a horse. Oh no. That's all there, yep. So yeah, um, I think it looks more like the Thackwash than the Equish, because, again, the Equish is just a horse. And this has some other, like, features of some kind. Okay, so do um, we know anyone that's a Thackwash, then? I don't know. I don't think so. Hey, oh, this says, a Thackwash? this says that Hohas Equish is a Thackwash. So Equish oh. isn't a species. <laughs> that's Hohas's last name? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's just a really weird looking... So he's, like, a horse subspecies of Thackwash. Oh, so Run is a Thackwash. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe he is. He's just his, one that looks like a horse. His real name is Equish. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. So. Well, this was a good investigative session, everyone. Back to square one. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully Maybe, not a Bothan. Hopefully not a Bothan. Maybe a Thackwash. How do we feel about it being a Thackwash? Positive? I'm fine with it. I mean, given that this is this is a character that's probably going to be seen in the background for about seven frames, I'm guessing they're not going to have time to dive into the depth that we see in the X-Wing series. But it'd be cool. I feel like that'd be a cool and unique alien species to introduce into the cinematic world. It would be, yeah. That'd be good. Great. That's All good. right. So in conclusion, Rogue Podron is pro-bearded horses. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Always. As long as they have some kind of distinguishing feature that makes it not just look like a straight-up horse. I'm not that into A that. dude in a horse mask. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just a dude in a horse mask? <laughs> 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 yes, okay, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> oh my god, I would lose it. Oh, what? Oh my what? God. Uh... Sorry, there's supposedly a new swimming anime that's coming out. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called Dive. But any, anyway, anyway. 
We are recording a quality podcast right now. <laughs> we are on point today. All right. So, chapters four through six. Let's start off with chapter four because that comes first. All right. So, the first half page starts exactly like chapter one. A robot man, a.k.a. a cyborg, goes over to a businessman and breaks a bottle of wine over his head. The bottle actually breaks this time, though, and has no effect. The businessman and the cyborgs fight ends up involving six Imperial pilots, five of which are handily taken down by the businessman. This was fun. I like that it was... I mean, even down to the first line that we talked about. I really week. like that. I, I'm kind of hoping that every three chapters starts with he made no pretense at being fully human. <laughs> the bartender calls the military police and they show up much to his relief. And they find that only the businessman and the captain of the pilots is still standing. The MP round them up and escort them out of the bar. As they're walking to their transport, the businessman comments that, hey, not all cyborgs are bad. And the cyborg <laughs> accidentally shrugs his restraints off. <laughs> the stormtroopers then stun the pilots when they notice. The MP stormtroopers then stun the pilots when they notice. Surprise! It was all a ruse! The businessman is actually Kel. And the cyborg is actually Ton Fanon. And they had this clever plan to lure out these pilots to get their access cards, money, and whatever else might be useful. That's such a Wraith Squadron thing. It's so it's, How can we lure some stormtroopers? I know. Let's start a bar fight. Right? They're always in cosplay. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> they just stole somebody else's plan to do this. This isn't even theirs. They, it's you learn. They're getting educated. <laughs> <laughs> the stormtroopers and the military police are all other wraiths. And being the good guys, they're going to pay the bartender back for all the damages in the trouble, saying it was just a miserable old cyborg who only gets his kicks from starting stuff like bar fights. Tom resents the word miserable, but allows everything else. <laughs> oh, Tom, you're so funny. I have a I have a question about credit yeah. conversion. Because <laughs> yeah. they only get like 150 credits to pay back this bartender. Is that a lot of money in Star Wars? Or so much money. It's like undercharging him no because like a good drink costs like two credits i thought they were like paying to fix like the tables and stuff but i guess if things like if if 150 is a lot of money then then that makes sense yeah okay so if i'm buying a good cocktail it's probably going to cost about like nine dollars yeah Seattle prices um and so if it only costs like two credits so then each credit is worth like four and a half dollars Okay, right? that makes sense. So, four and a half times 150? This that's is too a, much math. That's fine. This seems like a lot of money, but that's a lot it's of a, math. It's enough money. It's enough money. Okay, okay, good. Good. Yeah. They're, remember, they're the good guys. Okay, yeah. And they also just stole all this money from them, so it doesn't really matter. They're the good guys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we find out that they're in Hulis, which is the capital city of Halmad, which also sounds like it's from Middle Earth. And Wedge and Wiz are scouting out an Imperial base. There's four ties and a squad of stormtroopers ready to scramble at a moment's notice. Wiz sees an oncoming vehicle and they identify it as another MP skimmer. An actual one, not a fake one. Wedge and Wiz join the other race on the road, minus Piggy who can't wear the stormtrooper armor and is keeping watch of the ranking officer they captured. And... They walk toward the base looking like their skimmer broke down and they have to drag their prisoners in by foot. 
I find it fascinating that the horseman had no problem fitting into stormtrooper armor. <laughs> well, you had one Piggy horse couldn't pull it off. I'm still just amazed that they expect me to believe that Deer fits all of her headtails into one stormtrooper helmet. Oh yeah, and they specifically made a mention of that too a little later on, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, like are they just really yeah. squishy or something? Because there's no way. There's They're no way. Squishy. Are they huge? Generally squishy, or are they pretty s- firm? Oh my god! Or is it like? Does it depend on the like if they work out? <laughs> they just feel uh, like bright. I don't, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I want to squish one now and say, "Oh no!" <laughs> I mean, what's her, Rasadi was always stroking uh, what's his face's brain bet- tails, but uh, like, was that was she just into it because they're super muscly? Like, do you think she'd want to be stroking them if they were, you know, squishy and flabby? Well, I can't yeah. help but like, but. Okay, so they have those toys that are basically just, like, plastic bag, like, full of oil, I guess. But, like, they're colorful and they have stuff inside. Yeah. But they're just, like, super squishy, right? I know Um, exactly what you're talking about. And they, like, roll. Yeah. And those are, like, really fun to play with. So I can't... I wouldn't be, like, grossed out about the brain tails being soft. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But it it was definitely clear that Rosati was stroking his brain tail and the brain tail was not consistently slipping out of her hands right well, but i mean it can still be like soft to the touch that's fair because you can stroke it's, soft things it's like oh stroking a hairless cat baby what did you say seth like stroking a hairless cat oh <laughs> no gross big. i mean i'm into them because i would not be allergic but like <laughs> They look like they're mummies. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So, jury's still out about what like Goofy like. The military police skimmer pulls over and offers them a lift. Wedge is a little worried. A lot of their plane working depends on lack security and Kasten's skills. And this will be Kasten's first test, and Wedge doesn't exactly have the most faith in him yet, because we found out in the last episode, he's kind of a race, a speciesist. So, there's that. Uh, Thankfully, the military police driving the skimmer don't ask Wedge for his papers, so that's at least one barrier down. When they get inside and meet an officer who will dispense instant justice, their words, not mine, Wedge produces the papers and identity cards of his charges, Thank Maui for face, who is apparently the only one who is good at improv. Well, the race I mean, he is an actor. He is an actor. <laughs> In case we forgot. <laughs> the race are clear and take the drunk pilots away. Shala, however, stays behind in the transport. Her mission is to get back to the impound where they keep the ships, make sure the pilot and officer driving don't talk, and then probably steal some stuff. Big job for a new wraith, but Kel has spoken so highly of her family, Wedge decides to go with it. Back on Corsucant, Laura is doing her pilot training. They're running a sim in Y-Wings, which doomed from the start, am I right? She is hamming up you're, all you're of right. her things. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. She's hamming it up, doing things she knows they'll notice, like staff maneuvers and flinching when like TIE fighters come into view and she gets thoroughly scolded in front of everyone after she causes her and her wingmate to be vaped. I love the contrast between her acting and Faze's acting because her acting is just like so obviously terrible. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm flying my ship into this canyon now. This oh, is I'm a so good decision. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Sormac offers to transfer her into an officer's training somewhere else where she's really talented, but she insists on being a pilot. After he leaves, she notices Colonel Repness watching and she begins to run a secret X-Wing sim. In Chapter 5, we start off with Shala, who makes it safely into the Imperial vehicle hangar. The security is still lax and she makes it out of the skimmer with no one tipped off to her presence. Back on the other side of the base, the Wraiths hit their first obstacle. To get into the TIE hangar, there are guards and dutiful stormtroopers in their path. They don't seem to be as careless as the military as the other military military police they have come in contact with and they go with dia's plan which is just to shoot him i love her let's say add that to the list of reasons why dia is the best yeah (laughs) caston's all like we don't have time we could we can forge all these things and she's like how about we just shoot him (laughs) into it a little bit of bays showing up here yeah she's grumpy too just like these Mm mm-hmm so Wiz and Min are the shooters, and they position themselves with Rent and Kel ready to haul off the stun guards, and Face and Tawn ready to take their place. At the three-minute mark, everything actually goes to plan, which... Yay! Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And they all lived happily ever after. Unfortunately, the guards don't have data cards, which means that it's a spoken passphrase to get inside the hangar, and now Kasten has to figure out what it is with, you know, zero time to spare. Oh, no. We're all on edge again. Uh, <laughs> Shala listens to the drivers give their report about the last round. They include a quick squabble about whether it was 10 or 11 stormtroopers that they picked up. And as they finish up, but before they send it in, Shala enters the room and attacks. She accidentally kills one with her blaster, even though she thought it was set on stun. And then smashes the windpipe of the other, which, Jesus. Jeez, girl, you just went full, like, <laughs> killer mode there. And then she has to, like, watch him die, and ooh. But, yeah. like, her They're internal monologue in during this is like, oh, man, this is going to be so much extra paperwork. Right? Because she's really shaken up about, like, her how careless she was. She doesn't really care about killing people. Right. But she's like, how could I make a rookie mistake? Like, my dad's going to be mad at me. And that now she has to do the extra work of, like, hiding the bodies, sending in the report, and all that junk. Which is time that (laughs) she does not have. So, she is great. They don't call her the windpipe smasher for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) This this chapter was a little dark. It was, yeah. I'm sure that will not be a continuing trend in this book. So then Kasten figures out the code they need to access the hangar, as well as a ton of quadrant games with commentary, which shows that all these guards are friggin' nerds. Okay, can we expand on this a little bit? Sure. <laughs> That's e-gaming. <laughs> so when he was he was searching for the codes, he just also happened to see that they were playing this game. Well, they overheard them playing it before as well. Right, because they were tapping into the comms and they kept saying things like, you know, night to E3 or whatever. (laughs) And (laughs) That's basically it. You sunk my battleship. Right, that's exactly what was happening. I'll trade you two wheats for a rock. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, 
it's it seems like it's one of those grid math games and they have commentary about like the meta game and how best to play it and all of those other things so it's like people who post youtube videos of themselves playing video games yes it is exactly like esports gotcha it's amazing i love these nerds such nerds (laughs) face and ton keep watch while the rest of the race go into the hangar and instead of regular old ties they find tight interceptors which is even better nice Kasten tells them that the base is set up on a flag system, which means that any anomalies, like a door opening at the wrong time, will be flagged. When there are when small anomalies and flags add up, or if there's like a big flag, like I spotted some intruders on a video camera, there will be an <laughs> investigation by security. <laughs> or just a little thing. You know, MBD. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. As far as they know, they haven't tripped any flags yet, but they're going to work quickly. Wedge tells Kasten to slice in some orders for Holocam security repair, as well as an emergency repairs for the interceptors and backdate it, and then do all the appropriate check-ins around the rest of the base to allude to both of these things being currently handled by the appropriate personnel. Kasten's kind of a Mary Sue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure is. But he's no expert in human psychology. A racist Mary Sue. (laughs) can still be (laughs) Mary Sue. It's just a self-insert, so... (laughs) Doesn't mean you're not racist. It works out in their favor for a while, and the Wraiths have time to rewire five of the six interceptors they need, with Min and Tyria to deface the property with some, yeah, hawk bats graffiti. (laughs) I loved this, and he he even said like they ended up with the job that everyone wanted of getting to paint hawk bats all over everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, let's add some curse words right. and here's creative spelling. They made sure to misspell certain words <laughs> because pirates e. are dumb <laughs> and edgy. Yeah, super edgy. Unfortunately, a shift change of stormtroopers approach. Face and Tan are supposed to go with them, but Face is trying to talk their way out of it. Face has been listening to the Quadrant rantings and is able to get the voice down, but things aren't going so well. And Tan only has time to say that before blaster shots are heard. Perhaps they noticed an intruder on their security camera. Perhaps. <laughs> a big flag. <laughs> that, would, that would be a big flag. That's what they call it in the business. Chapter 6, we start off with the three lessons of improv, according to Garrick Face Lauren. I loved this. Number one, (laughs) when asked for information you don't have, try to present the asker with a variable he can define himself. For example, Face, when he asks for orders, Face is like, oh, that new guy gave it to us, and they could fill in the blank. (laughs) Rule number two. When obliged to participate in a ritual you know nothing about, provide a reason and grab all the sympathy you can. Like bending over, having coughing fits. Yes, exactly. Number three, which is probably the most important and most pertinent to the race. When no other option presents themselves, shoot everything in sight. Danny, oh, did Dia write this for you? Yeah. <laughs> 
Danny, I have a very serious question for you. In yeah. improv, did you learn these three rules? I did, and I have to say that at Star Wars Celebration Improv Night, I was getting very close to rule number three. <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw you, like, coughing, and we're like, oh, no, he's getting to rule three. <laughs> he's getting closer. <laughs> oh, man, we gotta get out of here. So Face tries to talk his way through the shift change to give him and Ton an opportunity to get into the hangar. It goes okay until they ask for the shift change password. Face then shoots the trooper to, that was supposed to replace him, and Ton and he and Ton begin firing on everybody. <laughs> they are momentarily stuck in the crossfire as the hangar doors open and the wraiths begin coming out shooting. The skimmer flees, and even with all of the wraiths concentrating their fire, only a couple more stormtroopers are taken out. Wedge gives the order for Kasten to cause one of his distractions, which it's the second distraction. His best distraction won't be done for like three more minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> worst. Some hackers, hackers are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> And the five of them who can get into their interceptors, the rest will run away in Imperial formation and contact Shala to see if she can provide any help with a vehicle. The, sk the skimmer pilot that's running is trying to report what they found, but suddenly air raid sirens go off. The stormtrooper rushes outside to see the turbo laser batteries auto firing into the sky and completely misses the first of the interceptors taking off. <laughs> We find out that Kasten hacked into some of the base's old war game simulators. Everything on automation is playing out like it should, but the Imperials are behaving like they are actually being attacked. Shala, thankfully, is on their way to pick them up. Kel and Ton are out in their interceptors first, which Ton just runs into something. And great job, buddy. And they really have no experience flying them. Wedge, Wiz, and Dia are next, flying with more confidence, thank goodness. They destroy the remaining three squints, which, remember, that's what they call TIE Interceptors, and before, before they exit, flying low on repulsors only. There are five squadrons of TIEs out there, but still the wraiths are going to make one pass to blow up the command quarters. What is their ultimate goal here? Just blow everything up? Yeah, it's to make it look like pirates stole a bunch of their stuff. Um, because remember, they're trying to put pressure on the governor for the governor to ask Zinj to personally come out and deal with the problem. Right. Yeah. Since when are pirates so, like, covert? I mean, better pirates are. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the ones we don't hear about because they're so covert. Exactly. Because they're doing their job. Yeah. <laughs> Boffin pirates. Uh, 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 I said they were doing their job, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> So far, the race on the ground have had no problems, but then a complement of stormtroopers heads their way, but before they can meet, Shala runs them all over with the vehicle she's driving. Yes. Amazing. Because Shala's all... just on a roll now. She really is. She's like, already killed she's a couple. Like, Bye. Yeah, I crushed a windpipe today. I'm, I'm already lost. Right. They're probably not all dead. They're probably just like maimed a little bit. Right. In a lot yeah. of pain. Yeah. The wraiths hop in and they make a quick getaway. They ditch the skimmer by the hill where Wedge and Wiz were doing their recon. The skimmer is set on autopilot to go wreak havoc on the city, which is great. 
They're in hiding until they see the three pursuit skimmers go by. When Then they meet up with Piggy and their civilian transport, stowing their stormtrooper gear in crates and looking like a bunch of drunk tourists. The ranking officer they kidnapped earlier is still passed out in the back. Like, literally their entire mission is just to, like, go make chaos. And steal as many interceptors as possible. Which is truly what they're best at, I feel like. It's a good (laughs) mission. I mean, consider how very few things went wrong in this mission, right? Like, all things considered. We've seen a lot more things go wrong. Crushed windpipes aside. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, it wasn't like it was a wraith windpipe who got crushed, right? I'm sure that's kind of like no one's injured. They got five out of the six ships they were really going for. Like everything's good. Wow, all the wraiths are a bunch of Mary Sues. Yeah, <laughs> but they're all Mary Sues, like who really need to talk to somebody about their feelings. <laughs> yeah, they really need someone looking after them for sure. We get a cutscene to sometime later where we are now on Hawkbet Base which is an abandoned mining depot in an asteroid outside of Halmed. It's perfectly placed to block sensors and for any kind of like defense of any incoming ships. Inside the base are five TIE interceptors, two TIEs, and the Sungrass, which is a wrecked-looking but well-flying cargo vessel. That is a terrifying name for a bunch of pirates. Sungrass. (laughs) (laughs) I miss the Nightcrawler. The Nightcrawler. And the provocateur. Oh. I miss them. <laughs> I miss the night caller. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, maybe I don't. I didn't think so. <laughs> maybe, how can we make the sun grass sound sexier? What's the sun Just grass? Just say it the 60s sexy. Oh, would you like to demonstrate? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. The guy with six I don't think it can be done. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm not well, gonna try. <laughs> Wedge is on the bridge of the sungrass, and he is taking in the wraiths as they paint their interceptors. One has like a sweet cobre- cobweb spider's gonna scare you forever pattern. And of oh. course the one that Ton and Face are working on has like so many like kill marks on it including like i don't know this what a ridiculous tie fighter (laughs) and then min is having the good idea to paint theirs like the engine is kind of out of place i assume so it's other ties will like underestimate them and oh that's an easy kill and then they'll get vaped instead they have some impressive painting skills i think to like pull that stuff also they're all artists definitely mary (laughs) (laughs) all right So Wedge wonders if there will ever be a day when the New Republic isn't simply making do with the Empire's leftovers. Which, oof, Wedge got really real during this chapter. (laughs) Yeah, we get some serious Wedge introspection coming up here. Yeah, Yeah, he was a little Corrin-esque for a bit here. I did not (laughs) like it. As Wedge goes off to meet the Nara, he sees Tyria and Smooch Kel. His instinct is to tell them to knock it off. Even though there's no rules against relationships, even between those of different ranks or public affection during off or light duty times. So he's just being a grumpy old man. 
He is. He stops himself and wonders why he's so grumpy and so annoyed. <laughs> We're all asking that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so, so glad Wedge is taking stock of his cr- grumpy old man demeanor right now. Right, like he doesn't just do it. He's like, wait, this isn't right. And like actually <laughs> tries to process it. I used so, to be so happy back in my younger days. Back when I was <laughs> 27. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wedge gets aboard the Nara, and he asks Runt if his minds ever get confused, and or if he ever gets confused and conflicting thoughts, and Runt says, of course he does. And the way to deal with it is to think through different paths of thought, so an emotional path or a memory path or a biology path. And Wedge tries to think of what, of what his annoyed feeling was and realizes that it's envy. Not specifically of Tyria or Kel, but because that he's just alone. (laughs) And because his type is married women with questionably dead husbands. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not the best type. (laughs) Sometimes in the quiet nights, he thinks about his life and what it would have been like if his parents were never murdered. If he never had turned to smuggling and then the alliance. He would have had a happy family with like a billion babies and live this prosperous, easy life. And he realizes that too, he could have this happy family if he just does what Akbar wants and takes his promotion and his desk job. But Wedge resists to duty bound, knowing that he's saving so many more lives by being an X-Wing pilot than by being a general. He's supposed to be doing this, even if he's lonely. That is just depressing. I mean, like, He's being real, like, cool, but also it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah. But Go live a happy life, Wedge, please. Go bang someone, Wedge. Whatever you want. <laughs> They'll definitely say yes. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Jeez. Gosh. Wiz and Dia show up to snap Wedge out of his daydreams. They have new orders from a Coruscant. They are advised that they can continue to amass their riches from pirate activity. And Wiz comments how surprising that is, while Wedge explains to Dia that that's where covert ops usually go wrong. Because the commanding officer starts um, getting all this wealth, and then he starts keeping more and more for themselves. And then they start doing more and more illicit activities, like spice smuggling. And then they get more and more of their subordinates in on it, until the whole thing is a corrupt mess. Moral of the story, everyone trusts Wedge Antilles. Okay. He has a lot of pressure. So, two books ago, the Bacta War. What, uh, what was what's Eresi and Brojace's planet? Typhera. Oh, oh yeah, Typhera. So, the Rogue Squadron was like, "We're gonna go to Typhera and take down the evil Isard." And the New Republic was like, "No, that goes against protocol. You can't do that." And now, two books later, the New Republic is like, "Hey, why don't you just become a pirate gang and plunder as much treasure as you want? It's totally cool." Because they're race squadron. Because they're not waging war on an entire planet that controls all of the back to access in the galaxy. Okay. Also because they're Wraith Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> and they are not acting as Wraith Squadron. They're acting as the Hawkbats. Right. Yeah. Bureaucracy is weird. It's super weird. I'm just going to say it's Borsk's fault. It is definitely Borsk's fault. <laughs> 100%. What, what isn't? TBH. I mean, he is the he is 
he was on the council when they're like, let us do this thing. And there he's all like, nah, you can't. So, you know, it's definitely his fault. Dia goes to tell the other pilots the news and Wiz asks Wedge, what's up, bro? Wedge explains that he's just feeling his years and Wedge decides to go train in the Sims and beat up on the youngsters to make himself feel better. (laughs) So Wedge. That's so Wedge. (laughs) What an old man thing to say. (laughs) Typical Wedge. I love it. So Wedge. As Wedge pops open the top to his interceptor sim, he sees a figure pointing a blaster at him. (laughs) He immediately drops to the ground and pulls out his own, training it on the cockpit. Face comes up to him and asks if everything's okay, and Wedge is like, no, it's not okay. There's a hostile. (laughs) (laughs) Face, apparently not worried about, like, getting shot at, goes to check and lets Wedge know that's not quite a hostile. Wedge. Should we do this as a dramatic reading? I mean, I kind of love it. So, yeah. Wedge punched his personal code into the keypad located on the hatch of the TIE Fighter simulator. Instead of being located atop the ball-shaped cockpit where the standard hatch was on real interceptors, the simulator hatch was at the cockpit's stern, where the twin ion engines would normally be mounted. The hatch swung open. Beyond, a shadowy figure pointed a blaster at Wedge. Wedge dropped out of reflex, rolled to the side, came up on his knees with his own blaster in hand. But no enemy emerged to fire upon him. He kept his own aim on the hatch and reached for the comlink. Is there a problem, Commander? That was Face, leaning unconcerned against the X-Wing simulator only a few meters away. Get down, there's a hostile in there! Face half-ducked behind the corner of his simulator, then took another look. I don't think so, sir. His mouth twitched, a partially successful effort to hide a smile. Wedge rose and came forward, leaned out far enough for a quick peek into the simulator cockpit, then leaned in again for a longer look. His intruder was an Ewok. Not even a living Ewok, it was a stuffed toy the size and girth of a real Ewok and designed to look just like one, but just a toy. It was dressed in a scaled-down version of a New Republic fighter pilot's uniform, down to the authentic-looking suit system control panel on his chest, helmet on his head, and blaster in his paw. In his other paw was a data pad. Wedge retrieved it and looked at the message. It read, Lieutenant Ketch reporting for duty, sir. Yup, yup, Commander. Wedge shook his head sorrowfully. Sometimes I miss my sanity. He retrieved the toy and handed it to Face. Deal with that. Face, who was working so hard to repress a laugh that he couldn't speak, simply threw a salute and escaped with the Ewok pilot. So good. So So good. good. I love (laughs) Lieutenant Ketch. Which, dear Wedge, it was definitely a mistake to give that to Face. Yeah, Lieutenant Ketch is going to be making many more appearances. (laughs) Me thinks. I'm so excited. what What a mistake. Giving it to any of the rights would have been a mistake, honestly. Well, I feel like some of them wouldn't automatically think, oh, I, w- I know what I can do with this. But, like, giving it to Face or Ton, I think, like, that was just, you're just giving, he's literally just giving it to them. I'm so glad that Face and Ton exist because they are amazing. They are so good. Do we want to reflect on the question of where they obtained a stuffed Ewok? 
Well, I don't think it was Face and Tawn who put it there. So the real question is, how did Wiz Jensen get a hold of a, of a replica Ewok? How long has he had it just sitting in his cabin waiting for the right moment? How, like, he brought it to Hawkbat Bay. <laughs> <laughs> like, bring the essentials. This is an essential. This, this is an essential, Commander. Wasn't there so one point good. where Squeaky was like going through their belongings and deciding what to pack for them because they were like <laughs> off on a mission? <laughs> That was thankfully the last book. Oh, okay. So yeah. so Catch didn't exist yet at that point, we're assuming. As far as we know, but that's the thing. Maybe he's always had it. Right. That's I'm imagining that Squeaky like had to be in on it. Right. And I was like, no, this too. Yeah, this has to go. <laughs> Wiz can go without a couple extra pairs of underwear, but Lieutenant Catch yeah. has to come with. Lieutenant Catch. He's one of the team. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> he's he's already a wraith. He's the he's the actual thirteenth wraith. <laughs> Sorry, I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, because it's it it has to be Wiz. It has to be Wiz. Oh gosh, that guy. So good. I love making it. Wedge's life worth living. <laughs> well, to I guess we couldn't end on like the, a great note, so we had to go back to Coruscant, where. Laura, name that sounds like Nostril, is transferred to Colonel Rapness's group. They tell her it's just the last stop before washing out. She's happy to think of being back under Warlord Gabor's command and vaping the jerk pilot she's talking to. But then she thinks of what it would be like to vape Lusat, Lus- 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 um, sure. her, her wing Solaston, and she immediately feels regret. She pushes mm. it away and starts to pack. She's becoming a good person. No. Don't you dare. (laughs) You're supposed to be bad. Come on. Don't give me those feelings. Is she like pulling a reverse heresy or something? (laughs) Reverse heresy. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. That's what I'm going to use instead of redemption from now on. It's just... (laughs) Is Kylo Ren pulling a reverse heresy? (laughs) Let's hope not. Let's hope not. I hope he just gets murdered. (laughs) Anyway, so that was that was four through six. There were some fun, bloody times. They were good chapters. I'm enjoying this book a lot. Yeah, me too. Very good. Me too. Speaking of enjoying books, should we chat listener questions? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 No. Uh, Danny, why do you always Danny, have to be different? You can hang up I'm just then. really curious how Heath is going to proceed if we say no. <laughs> You're the only one who said no. So. Uh, story of my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, <laughs> last week <laughs> we asked you all what your pirate gang or theater troupe name would be. Um... And we have to give our answers. Should we do that first, or do you want to go at the end? We can do it first. All right. Um, my theater troupe would be called the Zuvio Group, and we would never appear on stage. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That was good. Uh, mine would be, because I'm really into crystals right now, so <laughs> either it could be a pirate troupe or an acting troupe. The name works for both. Um so mine is the Crystal Quartz Killers, but they're all Qs 
Instead oh my of- god, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That started with I'm I've been super into crystals right now. <laughs> Just letting people know. <laughs> so I I've been really into Riverdale recently, so mine is coming from that. Nice. Um, <laughs> mine would be Safi and the Lothcats. Oh, <laughs> sounds more like a boy band. <laughs> yeah. It's a theater group, but we're just a girl. We're a whole bunch of girls. Okay. We're cat like ears. That's good. Uh, mine would be, I'm, I've been really into, like, breeding dinosaurs with Star Wars creatures lately. So mine would be the Velociraptors. Oh, 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 yeah. That's good. That's so cute. That's good answers, so everybody. Cute. Yeah. It's almost like we spent a whole week preparing them. Wow, amazing. And not just the five minutes before this episode started. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> so we got some good answers from our listeners, too. Sarah said, my pirate gang would be the gnome punters after an old D&D group. Oh, what a nerd. Kicking it old school. <laughs> Ian Miller said, the masticators of Mantuin Mantuin, triple M for short. The logo would be three M's that look like molars. That's cool. cool. I'm into it. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you also made a logo. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> do Pirate Kings have? Lo- I guess they do have logos. It's all about <laughs> yes. that branding. Yeah. I guess. Tom the fanboy said my theater troupe would be the Mustafar Island players. Then he hey. said, "Yeah, is that an Avatar State Pod?" Sure is. Thing? Okay. Um, and then he said my pirate crew would be Lujane's Legacy, all blue droids and blue aliens, Force Ghost Lujane Captain. I love that. And then he say, added hashtag pandering because he knows he's just playing to Saf there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Raising Fangirl said my pirate gang's name would be the Glistening Eggplants. Oh, that's good. Mika said petrifyingly eloquent Womp Rat Destroyers, which if you spell it out, the initials are P-E-W, pew-pew. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And then Zero said my pirate gang would have three people and we'd be the triple zeros. Oh, never wanted something so much. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I hate to say it, but I think Zero no, gets the glistening we can't do it, But we have to. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. yeah, it's gonna be bad, but oh, I, think, no. I think we have to do it. Stay humble, Zero. Stay, stay humble. <laughs> do you think Zero knows? <laughs> Was he ever humble, though? <laughs> you can't say something you never were. <laughs> um, I want to give a slightly smaller one to Mika because the initial pew pew thing is really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, you know I want one to Tom, but that's up to you. <laughs> sure. Yes. Sure. Well, so the our Island Players is a good one. I like that. Yeah. You get a gl- slightly smaller glistening boaty. <laughs> you get <slightly laughs> Everybody gets one. <laughs> Except the Masticators. That's, that gives me shivers. I don't like that it's the shape of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Teeth is one of those things that, like, just kind of when they're not in someone's mouth, like, you're just like, why? Why Why aren't they in a mouth? Get back in a mouth. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> right? Like, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it like this? Ooh. Um, after the awesome Lieutenant Catch prank, we are asking you all, if you were in this situation, what alien would you leave a stuffed version of as a prank to scare Mr. Wedge Antilles? Horse person. Dibs on horse person. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. It's like the Godfather. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would just leave a stu- stuffed Bothan, honestly. Like, that's scary enough as it is. The only good Bothan is a stuffed Bothan. Oh, <laughs> Um... I would leave a stuffed version of Cornhorn. <laughs> a human. Specifically <laughs> Cornhorn. Specifically Cornhorn. Is is there oh, more to, to why or like that's just that's the whole story? Does it need more of an explanation? <laughs> not really. Finding an unexplained cornhorn would not be great. <laughs> like an unexplained like cornhorn body pillow. Except- <laughs> Except for Wedge, it'd be, Wedge would be like, oh, finally someone who understands me. No, he's a body pillow. <laughs> Wedge would just be like, is this Corrin's? Did he leave this somewhere? <laughs> this oh Corrin. What was the body pillow of Corrin's? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well... My original answer was I would leave a stuffed Yoda's species. <laughs> <laughs> but then your answer made me think that I would also do a human, but it would be Tycho in the hopes that I would get to keep it after. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's what, like, I would really like everybody else to prank everybody else with Ewoks, so then I can just collect them. Yes, yes, absolutely. What was, what was the name of your memoirs last week? Taking Time with Tycho or something like that. Oh my god, that was so good. So good. I don't remember, but it was Wait, great. What did you say? A oh. listener gave gave you like a name of a memoir. Oh yeah, it was, it was um, like getting freaky deaky with Tycho or something like that. It was definitely yeah. not called. That. Hang on. Are you sure it wasn't that? <laughs> that doesn't have the alliteration. I know there was alliteration. Oh, getting tiki tiki with Tycho. Tied up with Tycho. Hide up with Tycho, that was it. <laughs> the fanboy's man crush on Tycho Selchu. Amazing. So good. Alright, nerds. Hit us up on Twitter with your answer to this question at RoguePodron. You can find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. You can email us, roguepodron at gmail.com, and subscribe to us via RoguePodron on iTunes or Firefly Radio on iTunes, SpeedBurner, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever, if you feel like having everyone else in your podcast. Or iTunes reviewers, review us, leave us a good rating, because it helps us get elsewhere and makes us feel good about ourselves. Such as this awesome one from our new friend, or maybe old friend, I don't know, PTath03. Whoa, PTath. PTath03 <laughs> left us a five-star review labeled hilarious and on point, and it reads as such. The Rogue Padron crew has become my favorite way to re-experience my favorite Star Wars series, the X-Wing novels. 
The group's fun commentary and discussion has given me new food for thought on all the characters, plans, and situations that fill these books. The hosts love interacting with their fans and do an incredible job making their listeners laugh along with them. My only word of caution is that this podcast can be dangerous to listen to. I was laughing so hard during one episode I nearly drove into a toll plaza and have taken care of sense to never listen while operating heavy machinery. I can't recommend this podcast enough to Star Wars fans new and old. So there you oh go. Don't say Rogue Pattern didn't ever cause any major trauma to toll plazas. Because we oh did. Oh my gosh. Amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I feel sweet as Peter. O3. O3. Don't forget the O3. Peter. Oh my gosh. Well, on that note, we are so excited to come back next week. For X-Wing Iron Fist chapters 7 through 9. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pash out. Pash out. Anyway, you the Pash out thunder. Petrifying the eloquent Womp Rat Destroyers. Pew! Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven. Signing off. Rogue 3 signing off. Right. Okay. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. We're ready. We're going to do this. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. So ready. Great. Let's do this thing. Do this Poe Dameron styles. What does that mean? It means we're going to do it. And we're going to have complete confidence. Despite not knowing how to do it. Yes. Yes. Correct. All right. So who Tonight. talks first? Do you talk first? <laughs> I'm supposed <laughs> to talk first. But Danny also likes to talk first. I just I'm never sure. <laughs> I don't have that many apparatus, apparat, apparatuses, apparatuses, apparatus, 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 apparatus,